Hi, Ann. How's it going? Great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. Um, for those of you just joining us, uh, Ann DeWitt is a general partner on the investment team at The Engine. Uh, prior to The Engine, Ann held senior roles at Sanofi in business development and strategic venture investments. Uh, prior to that, she was at Flagship Ventures, and she started her career in R&D at 3M Company, working across fields of materials, biology, and engineering. Uh, Anne holds an MBA from Harvard and a PhD in chemical engineering from MIT, and also serves on the board of women in the enterprise of science and technology and on the Life Science Council of Springboard Enterprises. Um, Anne, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Um, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd love just to start with, um, you know, I, I have a, a real appreciation for what the engine is, but for someone that's listening that has never heard of the engine, please feel free to just give a little bit of background and context on on what you yeah, guys are doing. Yeah, thanks, Brian. I'm really happy to be here and, and share more what we're, we're thinking and what we're about. But the engine is a venture fund. We think of ourselves as a home for tough tech founders who are building the next generation of foundational companies that are solving the world's biggest challenges. So we look to really work deeply with the founders in getting their companies off the ground. Usually it's a pre-seed seed or series A's. And our approach is really to give these founders and their companies access to a unique combination of, of capital through uh, venture investment, also infrastructure in the, the labs and the offices that, that we have in our building, and also a sort of a vibrant ecosystem and network that they can use to, to build their companies. That's great. Um, and, and you alluded to this a little bit, but you know, you do you focus on some of those companies that may be um, not not exactly the the perfect venture match for a traditional Silicon Valley investor, and so some of the the harder concepts. Um, give us a sense, just as you look at the impact of COVID nineteen. You know, what do you think the potential impact is to some of those slower growing concepts that the engine focuses on traditionally? Yeah, yeah. So as so as you kind of alluded to there, Brian, we really focus on investing and growing what we call sort of tough tech companies. So these are companies looking at solving the world's most important challenges, such as in climate change, human health, and sort of the way uh, infrastructure and bits and bytes uh, move around the world. Mm -hmm. So we think um, this is a moment that's really highlighting that it's more important than ever to grow these types of tough yeah. tech companies uh, and really accelerate their ability to, to meet milestones, engage customers. We're seeing a lot of our companies um, able to pivot into um, opportunities that directly speak to the COVID-19 pandemic we have going on. Uh, so it, uh, one of our teams, E25Bio, had as a platform for developing rapid point-of-care diagnostics. They were working on Zika, dengue, chikungunya, and very quickly as the pandemic was was coming on, able to turn that platform uh, towards COVID-19. Um, and so we've seen a number of the portfolio companies sort of able to, to do that type of work. Um, other companies, of course, are able to um, uh, focused on kind of redesigning how they do their work to ensure worker safety, getting creative in their work schedules, uh, et cetera. But, you know, clearly there's a lot of impact um, of COVID-19, uh, but yeah. these types of companies, uh, really many of them can excel if they have platforms that are speaking to solutions 
and, and others are just, you know, doubling down on the work they're doing. Yeah, that's really interesting. And uh, I can tell you just as, as someone that was in the venture world, um, the number of uh, sort of uh, small do-it-yourself uh, makeshift ventilator companies and pitch decks that have come across my desk in the last uh, couple of weeks has been fascinating. I'm, I'm curious, you know, what your perspective is um, or any advice you may have for someone that, you know, maybe really still in the early stages of building something that could be, uh, you know, call it COVID value prop, COVID productive. Um, and, and how to get that to scale a little quicker or how to get it in front of people that maybe could be helpful at a time like this? Yeah, yeah, I think we're, uh, we're less um, focused on seeing, say, brand new companies. I mean, one thing that I mentioned mm-hmm. that we're, we're seeing a lot of is sort of companies that have platforms that you know, speak to the solutions and that they're using those platforms. Um, and this is a, a chance, if not already, to really build out that scale in collaboration uh, with others. So I think um, the common thread, Brian, I would say, is just drawing in others and partnering with them around either you know data validation or product validation, uh, the manufacturing distribution, because given the scale at which this is occurring, you know, those types of partnerships, if, if not in place, uh, it's, it's hard to find the time to, to build those out all internally versus through partnership with others. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to, just because of, of where you sit, I'd love to get your perspective on the MIT community in particular. You know, um, are, are there anything that you're seeing, whether it's best practices of teams communicating or anything that you're seeing being built right now that you're super excited about, um, given given the fact that, you know, a lot, frankly, a lot of the people at MIT have been thinking about things like this for, for much longer than the, just the last couple yeah, months. For, yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm really excited at what I'm seeing um, through our deep relationship with MIT, um, sort of some of the leadership that's coming out of the, of the different institutes around MIT and the work of the PIs. Um, there's just been a number of incredible bodies of work uh, related to, to antibiotics and to immunology that have been coming out of the labs. And I think folks are really feeling um, uh, not only you know, empowered in the mission that they're on, but also being you know, particularly recognized in this moment that these types of approaches are needed. So there's, there's just been a number of areas and also what I would call enabling technologies such as the use of AI against um, some of these problems um, that I think have been really exciting. And again, that sort of deep collaboration that's happening across groups to try to accelerate solutions coming forward. Yeah, that's great. Um, I look forward to seeing more of that. We're, we're just down the street here at HBS, and I, I certainly look forward to seeing things coming out of both of these campuses right For now. Sure. So it's, it's certainly um, inspiring. Um, you know, let's switch a little bit to just uh, the venture lens. You know, you are a venture investor. You are trying to deploy capital into you know companies that could grow and and potentially um, do really interesting things. I'm I'm curious at a time like this, uh, does deployment increase? Does deployment slow down? Just talk to me a little bit about pace at the engine. Yeah, I'd say the pace of the engine is still uh, is still pretty rapid. Um, I think that's in part uh, because of um, kind of where we are just as a firm, um, you know, relatively young firm. Um, and just, uh, I think, a lot of incredible opportunities for these types of companies. Um, 
so I'd say right now, while clearly uh, firms and including us are making sure that our current portfolio companies have the support they need on operations and financing, um, you know, we're continuing to move forward uh, pretty rapidly. I think one thing most investors are, are working through is really how to prioritize even, even more the new opportunities that you're seeing. Um, so I think that's that's a, a big piece that's shifted is just a, a little bit more focus on like that prioritization because people are spending more time um, ensuring the the portfolio companies have what they need in this phase. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I would love to just spend a little bit of, of time on that prioritization, actually, but on the founder side. So as an operator right now, you know, what are the what are the questions that you think founders should be asking as they begin to prepare for this? What, what are the, what are sort of the checklist items that you think are important for them to be focused on as we start to prepare for, uh, you know, what could be a, a long slog? Yeah, I think one big piece is that um, as founders are looking to the plans and activities of their teams, you know, how operationally they can keep that work moving forward in a way that keeps the, the teams and any partners, collaborators, you know, safe. I think that's one of the, the most important things for founders to be thinking through and may need to get um, sort of more creative about uh, the sets of activities or where and how those are done or more efficiently, et cetera, uh, in order to allow just, I'll call it the work to move forward. And then, of course, the other side that that founders think about on the financing and how do you have the, the cash to do those sets of activities? I think we're seeing people get um, sort of more creative and carefully looking at the cash and what's a really critical path to meet those milestones. Um, you know, there's been a lot opening up uh, with uh, federal, particularly federal government, but opening up at states for sure. Um, related to yeah. certain types of um, sort of technologies um, and founders and teams being able to to look at those and leverage uh, those funds that are coming available uh, very, very quickly now um, is also uh, an area we see many founders focusing on. That's great. Um, one more for you, Anne. Thank you so much. This, this has been super interesting. Um, I'd love to just get your foresight a little bit as we look, uh, you know, to a post-COVID-19 world. You know, I, the engine focuses on startups that are making a material positive impact. Um, do you think we start to see more companies like this sort of, I won't call them double bottom line companies, but companies that are focusing on those harder issues, some, some of the things that might not, you know, trade it as high of a revenue multiple uh, as SaaS companies, but are really solving, you know, the tough critical issues. Do we, do we see more of that after this? Does it die back down? What are your thoughts on kind of where we land after mm. COVID-19? Yes, I mean, my, my unequivocal answer, Brian, is yes, uh, we will see more. I think, you know, we, we knew before that we were a connected world, you know, by I'd say bits and bytes, we knew that. But this is a moment when I, I really think our understanding of one another is viscerally different and that we are, as a world, we are tightly connected to one another physically in the world. And so those challenges that are appearing in parts of the globe, they actually do, do come home to you. So whether it's climate change, yeah. human health, 
you know, again, how and with what type of um, mechanisms do we move, you know, data and information around the world um, that is so important in, in solving these types of problems, I think just more speaks to people and the missions that they're on in their life. So I'm very excited about people working together and supporting, you know, founders that are really going after these, these big challenges uh, that, that will touch us all in the long run. That's great. I hope you're right, Anne. <laughs> uh, and to a general partner from the engine, thank you so much for joining me. This, this has been an Thanks, Brian. Project. It's been great. Great. Bye-bye. Take care.